0: Welcome to episode two of Magnificent Whiskers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm here with Colby. Hello. Hi, Colby. And we have been talking and uh, decided to include you guys on in on some of that. Uh, Colby, what are you playing right now, man? Video games. Uh, mostly, I mean, I always come back to League of Legends. Uh, that's Which I just re-downloaded for the first time in, what are we in, 2018 now? No, I don't think it's been six years. Five years, years, probably. No, even that's a little extreme. I think I played. Holy shit, maybe it isn't. Yeah, about four or five years. Uh,
1: But yeah, I, I always come back to League, it's a lifelong addiction. <laughs> uh, uh, look, I. My
0: name I, is Coldy and I'm addicted to League of Legends. Yeah, look, I,
1: I, I take a Gregory House approach to this. I am addicted. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better because of it. You're better because of it. You're this. better because of it. So I, I've been playing League less recently because I've also been playing Killing Floor 2. Uh, what the hell is Killing Floor 2? Uh, Killing Floor 2 is a. M- not a zombie game in that it's a zombie game uh basic premise is this doctor uh started made this serum that made everyone bigger faster stronger smarter all that uh and then went crazy and uh modified it and now starts producing zombies with it like medical experiments like there's uh it's kind of left for dead ish in that they're like specialized zombies and they even have a competitive mode which i haven't done yet i've only done the uh cooperative fight off the zombies
0: modes can we just stop there for just one second and I'm I find that for the community being what it's supposed to be and I suppose I'm, I'm waiting way too much on that but why the hell are so many competitive games communities so toxic it's it I mean you're there's 19 out of 10 to... you're either a troll you're a cunt
1: and i don't understand there are there are there's a lot of psychology that goes into it but one of the big ones is when you have especially like cooperative sports cooperative things where your performance is directly tied to the performance of other people like you win or fail not based just on your own performance but other people's and then you add to that the anonymity and isolation of computers
0: get them internet muscles yeah like, like dude it's like when you're playing so i play a lot of overwatch yeah um it's probably an understatement <laughs> i play a lot of overwatch and you know there is a ranked mode in overwatch there is a uh-huh. ranked mode in league of legends uh-huh. a game option but if you're playing quick play why would you still be so damn hostile uh a
1: significant amount of it is uh, partially in the fact that it's easy to perceive other people as bad when they aren't necessarily, because if someone is, if it's someone to is blame
0: somebody else than to take responsibility well, for the situation. Yes.
1: But even aside from a uh, blaming other people, it's also very easy to, for two people to have equally viable strategies that are very different and look completely idiotic to the other person. Yep. If you have a specific goal or you have a specific plan in mind that you think is the clearly logical one, you assume that everyone else sees your logical plan, e- even if their plan, from their perspective, is equally logical. And you look like just as much of an idiot as you think but, they look. Yeah. Like that's that's a very easy thing to do when you are not playing with people you know.
0: I, I... Okay, there's total validity to all of that. I guess, for me, it's just I try to stay away from competitive games yeah. because even in the non-competitive aspects of those games, the community is so toxic. It It
1: is true. Um, League of Legends definitely colloquially falls under that banner more than most games, partially because of the ease with which you can get into League of Legends and the... I guess the casual nature of it, combined with the potential competitive nature of it, people think they're way better than they are. Partially because okay. of the tiering system. Okay. Like you can do fantastic for a hundred matches uh, being ranked against people who are worse than you. And then when you are finally ranked against people of equal competitive level... Suddenly, the things you did that worked perfectly before—they get read more easily. Uh, pe- uh, people are thinking ahead more, and all of a sudden, despite your skill being on par, you haven't been fighting other people of that skill level, so you don't know how to react. That's And fair. that's that's something that happens a lot. Um, people also like, I, I don't understand this, but there are quite a few people who have who I have played with who basically just, for them, getting an account banned was normal. And there are a lot of people for whom, oh, yeah, you say things that you consider justified or normal, but they're vitriolic or hate speech or things like that that get them banned from the game temporarily or permanently, and then you just start a new account. Wow,
0: yeah. Well, so banning somebody doesn't seem to have the same effect I wonder if they could go so far as to start banning IP addresses that's
1: that doesn't necessarily work though because an IP address address one isn't' a person. Yeah, they're usually not two dynamic. isn't a computer yeah uh, and uh, they actually have pushed really hard uh, especially in the more competitive scene uh, it was last year or the year before but there was a case where at least two professional players were permanently banned. ...from the game because of their toxic nature. One of them for uh, doxing, like, uh, he doxed some for player in a game and was... Can you, can
0: you explain for those who aren't quite aware what okay. doxing is? Uh,
1: doxing is a practice where you put people's personal information, be it email addresses, uh, physical addresses, name, workplace, things like that, onto the internet. You let people know, hey, this is this person, this is where they live... Oftentimes, with the intention because it's the internet, when people know who you are and where you live, they will harass you, they will send threatening emails Swat just because new. it's funny for them. Yeah, you know, there actually was a recent case yep. where um, two guys got into an argument online, and one of them gave a fake address a fake address saying, I'm here, come fight me in real life, bro. And the guy, the other guy, claimed that there was a hostage situation at that address. And people were armed, and the guy whose actual house that was was killed. Yep. Died because, I mean, on that front, it's just alarming to me that, like, you have a situation with uncorrobor- uncorroborated instances.
0: Well, how many of the details do we really know about that, though, too, right? So I'm sure that those police officers followed their procedure to the best that they could, and if it's a hostage situation, you need to dissolve that situation and then comb through the details. Uh, And that's understandable to a certain degree, but there was no hostage situation. Yeah, I don't understand how we went from um a fake report of a hostage situation to now a man is dead yeah the only that's that's, what i'm saying though that's alarming to me what details do we have on that though Uh, fair we don't know how he responded to the police now granted like dude was probably like what What the the fuck uh but at the same time what the fuck shouldn't result in you pointing a firearm at a police officer
1: to be fair, he may have drawn weapons on the officers. We don't know. I, I don't know, but it's it's, it's alarming. not like we
0: both have the internet in our pockets and we could be looking yes, it up but, right
1: now. But it's alarming to me that this situation occurred so easily. Agree. Uh, there are famous videos of like people sitting at their computers, and the a SWAT team will break in, and a guy's just like, "Oh my god, I got swatted! Oh, this is so shitty." Like, wow! Like literally on camera, the a SWAT team breaks, it just comes into the guy's house and like hands up on the ground. SWAT team, like these are
0: things that. There's def- actually a post that was put up eleven hours ago. Suspect in Kansas swatting death charged with involuntary manslaughter. Yeah, and uh, you know these. I mean, bringing it back, like
1: I don't know exactly what it is. Like, there's uh, a huge part of it is. The anonymity of the internet plays a huge role. It's yeah, the idea it that when you're behind
0: can, a screen and you don't have to confront a person face-to-face, you become way more aggressive. It, it Because it's easy.
1: It's also, uh, and I, I th- I've i posted things like about this before, but people view themselves as having different identities. Like, I have yeah. myself, and then I have my online identity. I have this other person who is allowed to be shitty because the internet isn't real. And that's an that's an idea and a mentality that not is not one that da- either
0: one of us agrees with. No, but
1: it, it it's especially dangerous because more and more the internet is where people live. Like right. it is it is where you interact with friends. It is where you interact with family. It is where you look for a job. It's where you
0: put your profile for your jobs with places like LinkedIn. Uh, and. Really quick, just so that I can touch on, um, since it's still relevant. Yeah. When police responded, uh, the caller who phoned Wichita police said in a relatively calm voice that he had his shot his father in the head and was holding his mother and sibling at gunpoint. According to the 911 recording, he also said that he poured gasoline inside the home and, quote, might just set it on fire. When police responded to the address, an officer fatally shot 28-year-old Andrew Finch after he opened his door. Police said he moved his hand toward his waistband and an officer. Oh, sorry. And an officer, fearing for his, uh, fearing he was reaching for a gun, fired a single shot and killed him. Just. So now we have the details of how he actually wound up dead. It wasn't. Which I. S- it was, it's not directly because the guy was swatted. It's because he reached for his waistband and the police. Were, but, but I mean, okay, I'm being a little bit pedantic.
1: Yeah, but, it's like like. Oh my God! There's police. I drop my hand
0: because I'm terrified. Like I mean, but we also know that, like, when somebody's pointing a gun at you, if it's a police officer, your hands go for the sky. Reach if for you, the sky.
1: If you have time to recognize what's going on. But even on that point, like, uh, I know quite a few people who have military service. Yeah. And there are rules of engagement that's fair. And if people in an active war zone are held to higher standards than police interacting with free citizens in well, their we're country... On a, we're on
0: a whole different topic right there, but that, yes, I completely that, agree that with is, you. But that is something... It, I've had this discussion
1: before with people. It's like, I believe that police officers need to protect themselves. I absolutely do. But I also feel that... If you are going to be a police officer, you are going into that knowing that this is what you are doing and if you cannot deal with the stress of that environment to come through it with a safe scenario with free citizens of the country who you are a you are hired by as a public servant to protect, yep. you should not be in that job. Agreed. And there needs to be stricter control and rep- repercussions for not meeting the standards of that job.
0: I don't disagree at all. <laughs> it's it's a really strange kind of situation to try to deal with, too, though, because for so long, I feel like the attitude was, well, they're the cops. They're doing what they need to do, and they're doing the right thing, and we just need to let them do their job. Yeah. But I think that so many of us took for granted our safety well, in regard to those police officers that things have gotten wildly out of hand. And, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of what's been
1: happening actually comes back to a uh, post 9-11 world that we live in Yep. At, after 9-11 in America significant amounts of people who would have gone into police work went into military service instead mm-hmm. and police actually saw a huge drought of candidates and significantly lowered entrance ex- expectations and that's not like a speculation that is a, an on the records thing they had huge pushes to uh, increase uh, candidate intake and lowered necessary expectations for it to do so, uh, combined with the ongoing war on drugs, which has, despite
0: legalization of many substances, gotten worse. Well, yeah, because the, they're they're legalizing things on an arbitrary level. Yeah, and I mean we're we're doubling to and fro on a lot of different things here, but <laughs> yeah, we started. What games are you playing, Colby? Yeah, well, I mean, hey, this, that's what this is about. It um, is. So, uh, first of all, I think we both agree that the war on drugs was a hilarious failure. Well, and the idea that it's it, continuing it's, is, is It wasn't a failure because what it was meant to do wasn't stopped. Well, once. okay, like, yeah, but
1: what it was like, meant to do is not on the record. For well, what it was no, meant to it, do. it is. Like uh, for those of you who don't know, the war on drugs, uh, as started and pushed by the Nixon administration. Uh, A former aide of his has, in a deposition, gone on record as stating that they started the war on drugs as a way to harass anti-war protesters and black people so that they could harass them and do whatever they wanted to them. When the war on drugs itself was significantly begun, the issue with drugs, for instance, starting with the uh, crack epidemic that hit inner cities, particularly uh la chicago new york uh some of the larger cities in and particularly minority communities in them was started by the u.s government illegally funneling drugs into the united states and using the sale of them to fund also illegal contra soldiers in south america uh to depose the sovereign rulers of those nations there are so many levels of fucked up here, and then the federal government used those dr- the placement of those drugs as an excuse to disproportionately harass minority communities.
0: Yep, <laughs> and and it has continued. I mean, to it's, the, proliferated, it's proliferated beyond there, but it's also touched. That there's also the misappropriation of classification of particular subjects or oh, substances. For example, I I uh, have a photo that I uh, screenshotted here. Um, that provides a brief history of marijuana law. Yeah. In 1619, the first North American marijuana law forces farmers to grow hemp. Let me say that again. Forces. Forces farmers to grow hemp. By 1850, cannabis extract was widely recommended and sold over-the-counter in Western pharmacies. To be fair, so was opiates and right, other but, substances. Right, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we recognized the benefits of it in the 1600s. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't even made illegal until... Ah, uh, uh-uh, you're getting ahead sorry. of us. So, between 1915 and 1927, there was an influx of Me- Mexican immigrants into the U.S., mm-hmm. and during that time, nine states passed laws outlying the marijuana that they smoked. Quote, all Mexicans are crazy, and this stuff, marijuana, is what makes them crazy. This was the Texas senator on the floor of the Senate yep 1929 to 1936 recreational marijuana use spreads among minorities quote reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men end quote for harry J. as uh, it anslinger anslinger yep uh a th- quote i wish i could show you what a small marijuana cigarette can do to one of our degenerate spanish-speaking residents that's why our problem is so great end quote and as of 1937 anslinger proposes the marijuana tax act to congress and testifies that marijuana is the most violent drug in the history of mankind thusly beginning the marijuana prohibition. It, and it's uh, all racism.
1: Yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, Anslinger was also one of the primary proponents of uh, alcohol prohibition and was in charge of the organization that oversaw it and essentially needed another drug to demonize yep. and used racism to, fun, to fuel that. Uh, and for those who think that oh, Mexicans and blacks are more violent because they use marijuana. When you Have hear, you it, ever smoked I, marijuana? I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, Like when most sane people hear that, they recognize it for its idiocy. Right. Here's the thing, though. Uh, re- very recently, um, an elected official, who I don't know and from where I don't know, but... Um, what do you know? In a video, this uh, elected official was seen stating that minorities in tests were found to react harsher to illicit substances and were more violent, and it was just in their DNA. This is something that is not true, uh, but is remarkably prevalent as an idea. Uh, You get things like the idea that Uh, Native Americans are less capable of dealing with alcohol, which is untrue. Mm -hmm. You get the idea that um, black people are
0: more likely to be addicted to uh, crack than whites. That was more of the statistic proliferation. No, I'm saying that it came from the purposeful introduction into those minority communities of that particular drug.
1: Yes, but people it's it's not even that people think that they are more likely to be addicted it's that the idea is that they people become addicted legitimately yeah they legitimately believe that black people are more likely to get addicted to substances and that's also not true just in case biologically you're speaking right yeah there there is no foundation socioeconomically you know, speaking
0: so. that might be a completely different situation yes, but it it's it's the idea is that you one of them is a resultant factor, not a driving factor. Correct. Uh, Causation and correlation. Yes. There's a huge fucking difference. Yeah. And we're getting way too deep in the maths.
1: But but that's important for understanding mm-hmm. these conversations because it's easy to say to go and say more black people are in prison, more black people have been arrested, and it's really easy for. uneducated people to say that must mean that blacks are more likely to to commit crimes, blacks
0: can't be trusted. It's actually one of the reasons that they're starting to say that um, uh, algorithms and the frequency with which they're used we're going to have to start moving away from them. Yeah. Because somebody who applies an algorithm to a scenario, an algorithm is only as good as the information that it's fed. Exactly. So if you tell somebody... Who I just watched a TED talk on this a mm-hmm. little while ago. If you put this, an algorithm together that says um, who is most likely to be incarcerated, yeah, and you base that inf- that that algorithm's information, that baseline information, mm-hmm. on historical fact, yeah. all the algorithm sees is more blacks have been imprisoned than whites, yeah, more minorities have been imprisoned than the majority, yeah, and ignoring so the fact feeding that. this information into the out into this um, big data algorithm mm-hmm. the algorithm's working perfectly and the guy who created the algorithm pats himself on the back because he predicted the next person who's going to end up going to prison the problem is that your source material and your source data was bad from the beginning because the because algorithm can't take into effect why yeah it, it is it, that way it can't account for information you don't give it exactly it can uh, only produce the data its answers from the data that it's been given
1: yeah uh, it is It is essentially producing a likelihood, not giving you an actual understanding of the things happening. Correct. Uh, And so, for instance, in this case, more black people go to prison than white people, or more black people are in prison than white people. Right. Not accounting for the fact that, for instance, crack is penalized three times as harshly as regular cocaine, despite them having almost no difference in effect, just that crack is more likely to be used by blacks than by whites. Correct. Uh, and so, if black people use crack more than cocaine, white people use cocaine more than crack. Yep. And because crack is penalized three times as well, heavily, it's sexier
0: to snort it than it is to smoke it. So
1: you know, uh, but all the nosebleeds are super sexy too. But that's it. But that's an indicate that is a reason why black people are in prison more because they are penalized three times as harshly. Or despite usage of marijuana, for instance, being fairly equal across all demographics of race minorities are five times as likely i, I believe, believe that's the five statistic. times as likely to be arrested for it yep and to the point where now the growth and distribution of marijuana is an open and active career path for many white middle class people it is uh which black here in
0: our home state of pennsylvania that's happening yeah which, which black people are denied? But you need a bachelor's degree in horticulture before you can <laughs> work there, and I'm not going to talk about how I know.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: but, but like,
1: if you if you grew up in a black environment, and you got arrested for marijuana possession instead of being a white kid in the suburbs who gets it taken away and gets told go home, right? You all of a sudden, you have a, you have federal charges on your record as a black individual. That stops you from going into that industry that now that white kid who grew pot in his closet and sold to all the people at his school, whereas you were just a guy who was smoking a joint. Yep. Like, that kid now has a career path in the thing that and you got sent to prison. And this is, this is an
0: printed. extremely, this is a, this know, is a very specific narrow example, example. Yeah, but, but, but it, it
1: tells yeah. a larger story. And, and, and the fact that these examples are prolific across ver- various aspects of American culture. For instance, the idea of ghettos. The, the amount of social engineering that went into that, like designing environments and funneling minorities into them was an active process of the American... An intentional process. Unintention- an intentional... T- I thought you intention- said that you tutored no, 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 people no. in English. An intentional Apparently it wasn't public active speaking. process taken on by the American American housing authorities mm-hmm. um, for instance uh, even you can go back to the 1800s and the uh, the land acts that gave away uh, land to families in the Midwest as the Americas were expanding correct first of all it was taken from Native Americans through genocide and Smallpox like it. and well, at that point, it was just straight up genocide right. and redistribution. Like, Trail of Tears was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and, Which and, they're not teaching in fucking
0: schools anymore, by yeah. the way. They're just and leaving and, that part out.
1: And what's, what's worse about it is that those, treatise, those treaties, those deeds, those rights, were actively denied to people of minorities, minority groups. You could not apply for those if you were black oh, from God, the 1800s. Fast forward to the eight, fast forward to the the end of the Civil War. At the end of the Civil War, dis, uh, black people, despite being freed, there were many. Books. They had to carry around what, papers. Here, there, not only that, but in the South, many states in the South had laws on the books that mandated that former slaves had to continue working for their former slave yep. masters for a certain period of time. At the same time, applied laws that stopped black people from suing white people. So when those black people weren't paid for months at a time and so left, they were technically breaking the law because they weren't they they were supposed to work for a certain amount of time, and because they couldn't sue their former slave owners because they weren't being paid, they were then arrested and uh, sent back to those places as part of prison work programs to work for pennies on the dollar, yep. sometimes literal pennies for days or weeks of work, essentially reinstating slavery, to the point where that is still happening in America today. If you go to many southern states, things like the governor's homes are large plantation homes that are still maintained by prison populations.
0: Yeah. Oh man, the state it, of our prison systems in this country, the for profit oh yeah and uh, sort of, well it's not even burn. the for the 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 for-profit organizations that we have set up And honestly, the um, DEA came out, and they flat out said, we're not decriminalizing marijuana. There's no scientific basis for this. There's no medical basis for this. Except that our prison system runs off of... Well, you get... So our prison systems receive their funding based on their drug... Convictions yeah. based on the number of people they're housing with drug convictions yeah. because of the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. So this is just a giant cannibalistic system that's uh, circling around on itself. It's fucking Fenrir. Yeah. It's like, it's just... It's an Ouroboros of terrible decisions that are... Fen- Fenrir was the wolf, wasn't
1: Yes. My bad. Uh, it, you knew it, where I was going, though. It with the is an orboros of racist policies disproportionately affecting certain groups of people. And if you think that it's, but it's not all, true... But it's all
0: tied back to money. Yeah, I mean racism is is just as prevalent. Yes. But it's all at this point I think especially with the advancements that we've made societally speaking and I'm not in any way saying that racism isn't still a thing. Oh, yeah. Because it super duper is. Oh yeah. Um however also can I just touch for just a moment on the idea that the privilege for you and I to sit across from one another and have this conversation tells oh, yeah. a larger story uh because if if we were not essentially fucking Scandinavians, there are definitely areas where this would be, and I mean, let's be honest, we're probably going to catch some shit for the conversation to begin with, but nowhere near as much as we might were we not Caucasian. Oh, absolutely. But it really, the Uh, DEA came out and they said that they're not going to decriminalize marijuana, and and really, if you just kind of follow the dots, they're not going to do it because this uh, substance is one of the most highly convicted for possession substances that exists. Absolutely. And even though there's no medical or scientific basis for these claims, and the laws presently exist. And they're actually if it wasn't for that judge that blocked the motion, our current presidential administration attempted to repeal the laws that said that states could make these decisions for themselves. Uh-huh. Which uh, if if you are if, if that happens it's going to disrupt the I, economies I, of no fewer than two states
1: who have revolutionized their uh, economic system through this. Yeah. California,
0: California was just, the whole fucking state just caught on fire.
1: Yeah. And they're like, we got this. There are literal websites, by the way, is California on fire? And where is California on fire? Dot com that you can go to (laughs) and find out (laughs) if, because yes. And where, because yes, California is on
0: fire. All of those things like that happened. The whole state caught on fire Uh and all joking aside, And the entire west coast of the United States was on fire, and they were able to deal with it. And they didn't go to the Fed. They didn't go to FEMA, which they could have, and said we need money. They said no, we got this. We sell pot. Yeah, and we and because we have such a now obviously you know Hollywood is out there, and there's a lot of other parts of industry that make California successful. But a large part of the revenue of that state comes from the the growth. And, and the sale, sale of marijuana in I mean, Colorado, it, I think, gave them a couple bucks. Yeah. And I was because say, they have such a prolific yeah,
1: surplus. And I was gonna say, consider though that uh, uh, considering the droughts that California has been going through, they should be in financial straits. But they're, but not. they're not. Correct. Uh, and then of course you have, on on that note we were saying how you were saying how this administration tried to roll back those the yes. ability for states to write their own laws. Yes. Uh, if, I am not a conservative. I just am not. But if one of the big points that most conservatives I know of take is that states should have the right to write their own laws because those states know their constituency,
0: know their people, and are able... It's not are, necessarily a flawed uh, no, logic. No, it, it's not, but... And the, I agree, most, most conservatives, most individuals identifying as... Uh, libertarian and or republican yeah, they, they both would say that the federal government has too much reach and, and that, that they're, states, they're sticking their nose in too yeah, many
1: things states and small smaller levels of government lower levels of government need the ability to govern themselves larger and yes. make some of these decisions I just gave an example in history where that is a very bad idea okay. there needs to be oversight yes. uh, but if, if you are a conservative this administration just tried to roll back one of the points that your platform has taken, like this, this administration
0: is not your administration. It right. is a lie. Right, but we're going, we're going way, we're we're going into a whole different uh, topic. That that but, we're not going to disagree with one another on yeah, it anyway. But or they, form. but but these, but it's related, and it, this is an is. important point to take. Yeah, um, but I think that what really needs to happen here is that it's time for somebody to stand up and say, you know what, we fucked up. Um, they need to put some regulations in place that are similar to how we regulate the use uh, and abuse of alcohol,
1: Uh, right? For things like that. For instance, one of the very often untalked about dangers of marijuana, because there are some, you have the general dangers of, say, smoking in that you're intaking smoke into your lungs. It's not good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of the less talked about and one of the causes of sort of burnout syndrome Is that if you are, and this is an important one, if you are smoking marijuana and you are a teenager, please stop. Yeah, because if you are are between the if you are between the ages of sixteen or seventeen and twenty five, THC intake can affect the formation of the pathways that your brain takes because your brain does produce small amounts of THC on its own Mm -hmm. as a neurotransmitter. But the intake of THC can negatively affect the formation of that, and has been linked to uh, memory degradation and an IQ drop of five to ten points on average for those who use it. Which is it.
0: why it's important that we have those age restrictions of and, twenty-five and, or older, and that we have this knowledge because right. yeah, this. So we've been shown on so many different occasions why abstinence-only uh, practices are really detrimental to their own cause. Yeah. For every, for, literally for every everything. example. Like, so be the it point, drugs, be it sex, anything. Exactly. So the point that I was making is, once we institute, we should, we need to institute these regulations, we need to decriminalize this on a federal level, this is going to free up a tremendous amount of tax dollars. Mm-hmm. To, fuck it. I don't give a shit where you send it. Send it to the fucking military. The point is, it won't be in for-profit prison systems, and obviously I'm not serious about that. I don't want it sent to the military. But it'll give us, uh, it'll, it'll free up a lot of tax dollars. So there's a positive. Um, we're not going to have, uh, we're going to have more productive members of our society like, likely, statistically speaking, the law of averages suggests that a lot of these people were just trying to have a good time and they got fucked over in a really terrible way mm. with something that they shouldn't have. So we'll have more, I, this is pure conjecture. We'll have more productive members of society. And then, um, and, and you then know, maybe we won't have so many toxic gamers and there will be <laughs> people being fucking swatted. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, even on that front, you know, you're talking about getting more people back into society. Like that's supposed
0: to be the role of the prison system. Man, our prison... Listen, there are certain prisons in other nations yeah. that work in an intentional fashion and uh, strongly toward rehabilitation. Which And the had, point of prison in the United States of America is to make people money. It is and punitive. And so you are... It, it is meant to be punishment yeah. and a deterrent. And prison technically should be a deterrent that should yeah. that you should not want to go there but sometimes circumstances uh, whether it be the choices that you make due to your limited capacity for understanding of a broader picture or whatever the circumstances are we should be rehabilitating these citizens and sending them back out yeah. and that's not what's happening and we've kind of beat that to death as to why that is yeah, because mean, people are just making too much money off of it. Well I, I mean we found over and over that uh, increasing uh,
1: rehabilitation programs in prisons reduces recidivism. We have found over and over again that increasing standards of living for prisoners reduces uh, medical costs of caring for citizens, that it uh, produces safer environments for uh, prison staff, and again, reduces recidivism. Mm-hmm. Because when you take a, when, when you take a person and you put them in a cage where they are in fight-or-flight mode their entire time for months or years at a time... They
0: wind up with similar PTSD to soldiers. Yes. There was
1: actually... This was years ago, but I was listening to a report, and this was a book that was produced, that was analyzing the post-traumatic stress and uh, evidence shown by people not even who had been in the prison system, but just who grew up... In, uh, in the ghettos around the country versus soldiers who were in war. Mm-hmm. And one instance in particular that I happened to be listening to, a kid at the, he remembered at the age of 12, his older brother getting shot in a gang fight and his body laid in the street for four days what? before he was recovered, just laying uncovered in the street. Oh my God. Yeah, and, like, these are extreme things that this kid just had
0: to walk out and see his dead brother's body That's for days. That's horrific. That's, that's like shit in movies. Yeah, but this is real life. Right, I mean, I got that. Yeah. That's, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, I mean, that, you're, you're, but you're exactly right, and those circumstances can lead toward mass incarceration like that. Now, that was, that couldn't have been any time recent.
1: Uh, the kid was like maybe seventeen, talking about what had happened
0: to him at twelve, and this was maybe seven years ago. So we're looking at about a decade maybe, ago. That's still way maybe too. Maybe ten reason. to fifteen. That's years. still way yeah. too recent. Um, but yeah. So and, and again, you know, hey, let me make a joke out of this, if I might, to lighten the mood a little bit. But had we decriminalized marijuana, maybe those people would have been high and not shooting one another. Just yeah. saying. You know, I I feel like there are, there's my uh my general attitude toward. The United Nations and and solving a lot of the world's problems is that I think that a lot of us could um, benefit from a good meal before we start talking about things, Um, especially especially when we're trying to solve world problems. Mm -hmm. If everyone just sat down to a nice, delicious meal, uh, a nice hot meal and and enjoyed that together, the camaraderie that comes out of eating. I mean, there's numerous psychological studies that I, I could see that. And, and maybe, maybe they smoke a bowl afterwards. I'm just <laughs> saying, it's... <laughs>
1: well, on that note, uh, on a more serious note of that, a significant amount of the world's economic dealings happen between drunk people. Like, right. it, is, it is normal. Where in, your inhibitions are lower. Yeah, it's, it is normal in the business world, in, in like, high-stakes economic trade situations, to drink a drink or two of high alcohol content drinks there was actually losing
0: yourself up i think it's i think it's horrifying it's a terrible idea uh, the uh, npr had done a stu- had done a story about um, god help me if i can remember what state it was and this there was like a multi million dollar billion dollar trade deals right away. well the the study that they were doing actually had to do with the government okay so and this has everything to do with the sexual abuse scandals that are coming out right now
1: okay
0: um and 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 the gray area that these sorts of things create because in this particular state and I really care I'm leaning toward Virginia or Texas. I can't remember which one it was. Neither one would surprise me. Uh, they talked about how they had the Sorry nine- for our <laughs> our constituents in Virginia
1: or Texas. We don't have
0: constituents, I, we're not fucking politicians. But we might forty like forty years from now That's these fair, people are and going to internet, wall. anybody will find it. So <laughs> So they had the nine to five hours and then they had their five to nine hours. Okay. And the five to nine was when they got super fucked up yeah. and there were parties and like shit happened there. Yeah. And that creates, I mean, so I don't really want to get into the consent conversation at the moment, but I think that. That could be I an both, entire episode itself. But I think you and I both agree that consent is consent and absence of consent is a no. Yes. Like the presence of consent has to be there. Yes. Um, and alcohol, but alcohol changes it. and al- And there are not, there is not a particular, there isn't one, there should be. There should be one agreed-upon um, idea that absence of consent means no. Yes, I but, but I, it's, uh, I... but that isn't. But my point is that that kind of lends itself to that whole idea as well, that there's, like, two entirely different worlds located within our government. Yeah. And, uh, and this is just shit that's gonna like, bake my noodles. So I actually want to intentionally cut this arm off right now. I understand. Um, and just kind of backpedal a little bit. <laughs> right. But I am saying, you know... um, that uh, we, we got down this road with uh, toxic gamers and I've certainly engaged in some trolling I've certainly engaged in some toxic behavior I think everybody has but overall I generally am a pretty strong team leader I'll get in I'll re- identify what we need to do I'll make some suggestions I'm open to other suggestions but this is how we win the game and have fun let's go kick some ass guys. you're a good coordinator I mean I'm a decent you're coordinator yeah, thank you uh, and, but, and now, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we talked I'm a about, good mediator. Yeah. We talked about League of Legends. Yes. Uh, I used to play the game frequently, not just with you, but with several of our other mutual friends. One in particular, uh, <sighs> who I used to get along with really, really well. Um, there was one night while we were playing, and I don't know what happened, <laughs> but for some <laughs> reason we decided to troll instead of play. And so uh, there was somebody whose username had something to do with Pikachu, or maybe it didn't even have anything to do with Pokemon, but it was like Ash or something like that, so it was close enough to Pokemon that we felt justified in what we were doing, and we just kept making fun of this guy and just kept, like, typing gotta catch them all, and, like, we spent so much time trolling him in chat that we lost badly, and <laughs> and, like and, <laughs> like We had a great time. We were laughing. Uh Uh-huh. And the guy, he wasn't a great sport about it, but it is what it is. Um, It was a terrible decision for us to make. But we had a great time doing it, which I guess at the end of the day is, is, allows me to say that to a certain extent, I somewhat understand trolls. But generally speaking, I try to contribute positively because I work a full-time job, and then I come home, and I have a significant other, and I'm going to show her attention because I love her. And then I've got three kids And I want to show them attention and spend time with them If I can fit time Into my day To play a video game Then I want a positive experience I, That doesn't mean to me That I'm going to beat everybody And be the greatest fucker here It just means that even if I lose I feel like everybody has tried their best Done their best, fought their hardest Played their best game, were their best selves And had a great time uh, And that doesn't beat- happen all the time to be fair, also, being your friend and having played a great many games with you for a great period
1: of time, you are also exceptionally good at redefining victory whenever you want. Well, sometimes you have to be <laughs> adaptable, though.
0: Like, but, uh, wait, well,
1: wait, 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 wait. I need an example of this, because I have no excuse. What? Okay, regu- Okay, first of all, one of your favorite goals to redefine victory <laughs> to is, I'm not gonna win. Colby's gonna lose. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: I don't agree with that. Yes, you do. What do you... Uh, Name one time that ever happened. You can't. Magic. Damn it. (laughs) If we are playing Magic, and it
1: is more than just you and I, anyone else... And I know that
0: I'm going to (laughs) lose. Anyone
1: else could... If anyone could win, you will make me lose first. You will make... if, If you could potentially win in three turns... But kill me in two turns. You will kill me in two turns so that I don't potentially win. That's because I fucking know better. I don't let you do things. There ain't no t- ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, an- another example. Uh, if we are playing Three Dragon Annie. Okay. Uh, you will sometimes just decide, you know what? I'm not going to act. I'm not going to play the game. I'm just. I just want to do this thing.
0: But that's or, not that, okay. Or, okay, okay or, I'll agree. Or with that. I will admit to that. However, you can't just centralize that on yourself. I will literally play to fuck up everybody's game. Yes, I, I am just your favorite perk. <laughs> which it, you can't even. But again, this wasn't like a salty thing.
1: You, you legitimately, you are very good at redefining victory for yourself. Oh, okay. So, okay. Like when, when you are not going to win, you decide, okay, I have a different goal now, and you go about that goal. Yeah, well, that makes it fun for everybody.
0: You can't hear, but I'm looking at him, and he is laughing. (laughs) Well, they can hear that part. Uh, No, you're not wrong about that at all. And it actually created. um, It actually created a. uh, I'm glad that you brought magic up, because one of the things that I've noticed about myself is the games that I enjoy the most are games that have elements of chaos. Games that the outcome is almost impossible to predict. Games that you could come in with the best laid plans possibly, eh, possible, and then they wind up getting crumpled up into a paper airplane and thrown out the window because you just, you can't predict every possible thing that could happen. That's fair. You can set yourself up for your best victory, but then there's that X factor that could turn that whole thing on its head. And God, I love that so much. Yeah. So I actually resisted getting into Magic the Gathering for years. I resisted that. And uh, I'm I'm sitting here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are playing the Philadelphia Eagles, and the <laughs> Eagles are up by five. And I want the Eagles to lose. And um, earlier you didn't care. Yeah. No. I no. also I also just like. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, the the point I'm getting at is this. Um, I'm gonna close this off, so I stop looking at it. That's what's gonna happen. We'll just do that quick. Okay. So. Uh, I resisted getting into Magic the Gathering for years because I know what trading card games do. That's fair. They eat all your money. Even though I was a casual player Mm -hmm. and had generous friends who just gave and gave and gave and gave because they wanted more people in, and it was a very warm and welcoming community in the parts of it that I dabbled in, I still ended up spending hundreds of dollars. I
1: I will say on that front, Magic can... Be much less expensive depending on how you spend your money. Well, uh, no, I with, don't disagree with you. There's a lot of, like, research, and, and this is just a, a thing in general, but it's, uh, any, like, very flashy, especially collectible thing, there are oftentimes, like, very easy-to-see seeming deals that are not. Like, okay. Marketing marketing is very good at one, getting you to want to buy something that is not efficient. Fair enough, but I never played the game for efficiency. Uh, to be fair, but you played it to have fun, and you need s- cards to have fun with, and there are sometimes efficient and inefficient ways to get cards to have fun
0: with. No, that's entirely fair. <laughs> so, the, the the way they finally got me is that I'm a gigantic fan of mythology, mm-hmm. um, I love religious mythos, uh, and... Oh, God. They finally made a uh, uh, set based on Greek mythology, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite pantheons. Oh, Theros. Oh, Theros. Theros. Oh. So
1: good. My f- and so still I got it. Fa- still my favorite draft environment. I drafted so much of that block. For those of you who don't know, draft is a way to play Magic where each person at a table gets three packs of cards. Each person opens one pack of cards at a time, takes a single card from that pack... And then passes it to the person on their side. And they keep going, each person taking one card each time,
0: until the packs are gone. Open the next pack, same thing, passing it the other way. And these are sealed yeah. booster packs. You can't know what's in them until you get them in your uh-huh. hands. And, and and sometimes there are some additional rules, but drafting is one of my favorite ways to play yeah. because of the chaos element. Uh,
1: it, it's chaotic, uh, which makes it very fair. It uh, does even the
0: playing field. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, you can still, like practice and learn about a format to see what is better in it which can really help but even then you still don't know what will actually come up in a pool you exactly you can have an idea of like which colors are a little bit more powerful which cards in those colors uh make a a, a particular and then you could not get work. a single one of those fucking cards exactly <laughs> or somebody else
0: could have also read that and yeah, they can counter drafting you uh, and uh, they, they, know
1: they cut those cards exactly
0: yeah. so um, I got in with Theros and, and boy, was it, the art was stellar, oh, yeah. which is a huge deal when you're collecting cards, the powers, um, the mechanics of the game were great. I had a great time getting into magic and then I was able to go and, uh, do a great number of things. But I, I the point to me bringing this up is this, after I'd been playing for a couple of months, all of my, uh, a lot of my play group was around and I said, guys, I had this idea. <laughs> I said, I want to create. A deck of cards that have specific criteria on them and throughout different parts of the game while you're playing your regular magic game you flip these cards maybe you roll a die or something and that's what causes them to flip who knows Mm -hmm. and it will change the way the game is played you could be playing a completely different game when you do this and people are like looking at each other and i'm like what and they're like that already exists and I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's called Plane Chase. And I was like, yeah. holy shit! Like this, that sounds like the that's, well, obviously, this is the greatest fucking idea ever. Let somebody get this for I me. I still
1: need to get you to play Arch Enemy as well. I, I have that. the box set for it. We'll get to that later. But Plane
0: Chase. So, so I finally got a chance to play Plane Chase, and it was uh, everything I could have dreamed of. And Colby's currently uh, vomiting and, and ventilating because. We if you don't play magic, I mean you're probably gonna want to skip this whole like fifteen minute block of conversation. <laughs> but or we,
1: or you're gonna find it incredibly fascinating and get into the game and I'm sorry for your wallet.
0: I am so sorry for your wallet, your bank account, your retirement, and your failed marriage. Uh but uh, then, hey, then, however, popper is becoming the thing where competitive decks are like twenty five dollars. So oh, you're welcome. Well that's fun. Yeah, I always played casually, so I never got into the competitive circuit. Um, We played in... A bunch of people would get together at a mutual friend's house, we'd play a couple of games, we'd go home. My brother-in-law I don't see very frequently, so um, I kind of got him into it, passed on a lot of the generosity that I had so he didn't have to invest a lot of money or time, but then we could also play and we could have a lot of fun, Um, like at family holiday events and stuff like that when everybody else is doing whatever, arguing politics and being kids, we could go play games together, uh, because we're adults. Anyway, so um one night everyone uh, a, a number of individuals had gathered at my house and I actually met a number of people playing this game that I otherwise probably would never have met and I adore meeting people so um that was always fun but um a friend of mine we could create a drinking game for as many times as you say, for those who don't know, and how many times I say, um, I need to get rid of the vocal static. Or Jesus. the number of times you say a friend of mine. Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, my brain is is about seven steps ahead of where my mouth is right now. Oh, yeah. So every time is. you hear me use vocal static, I'm stopping the thought process and rewinding myself so that I can get back to saying what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So let me try to continue with this. Had some people come over to the house. We played a format of the game called Commander. A standard game of Magic is, it was created so that you could play a game while you're waiting in line at cons. That was the original, that's why Magic was created, for a way to waste time and keep people interested in what they were doing. It exploded, obviously, which, hey, great marketing, I'm sure. So, commander, a standard Magic game, 60 cards, usually two people, can sometimes branch out from that, but it's usually two people, and can have they can take, card. depending on how much strategy has been put into the deck, five, it can take minutes. five minutes to half an hour. And that's a really long match, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, especially if you're playing against somebody like me, who was a blue player, and my entire goal was to stop you from doing anything. Yeah. And then eventually decide to kill you.
1: Yeah, you, you had fun. Because if no one else could have fun, then all the fun was yours. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so then we we did Commander, which is a hundred cards. Yeah, it's a hundred cards singleton format, which means you can't have any duplicates. Correct. So it's it's a very slow format. Uh, it's a and very that's, big and that's format, almost always and one. It's a very one. and it's a very fun format, and it's almost always multiplayer. Oh, is it? It's uh, yeah. Commander is almost always multiplayer, Interesting. and we had
0: four people. I believe myself, you, Zarnia, and two other and guys. Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And And so we decided to do that, but then we added the additional element of plane chase. When you add in chaos to an already extended format, what you're going to get is a play session that lasted until the sun came up. Five hours. Five hours. Colby won that game five five or six times, only to be blocked by a single play by one of us every time. Oh, yeah. I actually, if I'm not mistaken, I wound up winning that game, didn't I? I think so,
1: and you blew my board up three times in one turn once, because I somehow had a way to protect my
0: board twice in one turn, but you had three ways to blow it up. Correct. (laughs) Correct. And then the other guy, oh, God, the one time you put out this play that must have had 15 steps to it, and we let you go through every single one of them, and then we went, oh, that's really great. Oh, fog. Yep. (laughs) I've never seen you so frustrated
1: in anything we've ever done. It, it, it's okay. It's okay, because as frustrated as I was for that one, I later got Zarniak back because I was playing a deck of his. I was borrowing one, and he was playing Omnath, who gets, more, who gets bigger the more mana you have in your mana pool. And he went to play a final card before attacking and killing me, and I countered it with a card uh, mana drain, which empties your opponent's mana pool. So now his formerly, like, 69, 69 uh sixty nine seventy omnath that would have killed me was now a zero one because yep. no mana and he was just like i i'll never be i i will i will never i will always understand fog now because i'm so mad <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'll never forget uh i was playing with my brother-in-law and i was playing my mill deck mm hmm And the way that I built my mill deck was with multiple victory conditions, but Uh this particular one, I was using Abhorrent Aberration. Uh If I'm remembering which one it was correctly, that's the one that the power and toughness is based on all cards in all all graveyards. graveyards, Yeah. No, all cards in your opponent's graveyard. Maybe. Either way, or maybe I just hadn't milled any on my own, so I milled maybe half of his deck. Yeah. But I was being an asshole and I was being (laughs) a cat to a mouse. And you I enjoyed I played a card while well, I play blue. Yeah. I played a card that allowed me to go through his deck and exile any one card. hmm And somehow sadistic sacrament? my brain went and went, I think it was sadistic sacrament. And I got rid. I don't even remember what I got rid of, but it wasn't the right one. Because <laughs> I had a 69, 74 sitting on the field or whatever. Mm. He was huge. He was yeah. huge. And he plays. Elixir of Immortality. Shuffles his whole whole graveyard, graveyard back into the library back. and aced my creature off the field. And I was uh-huh. like, ah! And I'm pretty sure I even lost that match, which I totally <laughs> deserved. But I so the moral of this whole story, if there is one, is that I really enjoy that chaos element in games, and I thought that I had invented playing chase, and then I found out playing chase existed. <laughs> and I've never had more fun in that game than there were there were two instances that I had the most fun playing Magic the Gathering. When we did the plane chase match, any plane chase match. Which was so good. That match was good, but in addition, any plane chase match I played, I always enjoyed more. Yeah. Other than when I got to make my Krakens fly. (laughs) Uh, But then also, (laughs) we did conspiracy draft and i've never i don't think i ever did that i am so
1: sorry yeah no i conspiracy is one of those sets that i've always wanted to draft and i've never had the chance to conspiracy one or conspiracy two and it's so good colby it really just seems like it When i played was
0: when the board gamer was still a thing yeah we had a table of it must have been 11 or 12 people yeah And we all drafted together and it was just so conspiracy was a set in magic that was created specifically for drafting. Mm -hmm. And so it had cards that were in there whose mechanics were tied directly to the drafting process Mm -hmm. and to what is it called? It's voting, but it's called something Uh, will of the council. Yes. There were cards that would manipulate that situation as well. And I loved putting cards in there. That said anybody who voted against me lost cards and lost hit points. Mm-hmm. Ugh,
1: it's one so of, much fun. One of my favorite cards for my uh, my commander deck is called Tempt with Discovery.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, it's three and a green. Uh, you search, I already don't like it. Uh, you search your library for a land card and put it into play. Pretty solid for four mana. Tempt with Discovery has an ability where each other player may also search their library for a land and put it into play. For each other player who does this, you search your land for another land. You You search search your library for another land. land. Does it continue? Every other player has the chance to look, and then for everyone who does, I get an additional land. So in a four-player match, I search for one no matter what, and then for each player who does, I get another one. No one doesn't want to get land.
0: so Yeah, but sometimes they want to get land a lot less than they want you to get land no one cares enough usually they don't pay enough attention then uh the
1: the temptation of more land is more alluring than strategy sometimes
0: no i totally agree listen i (laughs) I get it
1: yeah and so like just last week i was playing a match and uh it was a four-player game and two of the other people immediately searched and the last guy's just like I mean, guys, this is really fucking stupid. We shouldn't have done this. He's getting, like, four land, but I'm not gonna be the only person who didn't get a land. So he got one, too. And so I ramped four mana on turn four, so I had eight mana on turn four with another four to play. You had eight land. On turn four.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Which I then used to play another ramp spell, uh... And I I ended up winning that game, well, yeah, believe it or not.
0: <laughs> I do believe that. Because if you're playing, if you're building a green deck with any level of efficiency, Red all you need is land. Oh, Red, Lord. white, and green. The Gruul. Naya. Naya. Yeah.
1: Red and green is Gruul. Yeah. Red, white, and green is Naya. Behemoth, baby.
0: Uh, yeah, 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 Naya yeah, gods. So you were telling me about the zombie game. Okay. Uh, cutting way back... So, Killing Floor 2 is... Killing Floor 2! It is a... We'll put a link in the thing so you can see the thing with the thing. Where are you? What platform are you playing that on? I PC? play it on
1: PC. It's on Steam.
0: Uh, go, the, play, go play Killing
1: Floor 2 with Colby on Steam all the time. The game is a very touchy to open. You have to start it and not touch your computer for a while. Otherwise, it'll crash. I love Steam. It's, Steam is fine. Killing Floor 2 is very fickle. Um... And it, it's like rolling the dice every time you start your computer. Kind of. I the first thing I do, I start Task Manager so I can see how it's doing. Start it, switch Task Manager. Don't touch anything except maybe chat for like five minutes or
0: so, and then it'll start. It's, oh my god! I hope it's amazing to have to wait five minutes to be able to start the game. That's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> it, it is pretty fun. I usually this is twenty eighteen. Goddamn it! <laughs> I usually my game should be able to start right away, I usually, and I should have toast and cakes ready to go. <laughs> I usually CT. I usually play for a couple
1: hours at a time when I do, but. It's a cooperative shooter where you fight, essentially... Um, if you've ever, Yeah, if, if you've ever played uh, Left for Dead, you fight zombies with special abilities. Uh, and each of each of these special zombies is based on one of the creator of the zombie plagues family members. Oh, which that's is cool. really
0: creepy. I uh, mean, yeah. Considering but...
1: the things that have been done to them. Like, uh, uh-huh. one, of, one of them uh, has... Their hand split between their ring finger and middle finger and a giant blade placed all the way up their forearm and out that they slash you with. Um, another one is this, they crossed a human with spider DNA and so there's just this little spider human creature that crawls at you and has- Why is it little, Colby? Why is it little? Well, it, it, it's like the size of a schnauzer, so not too small. That's little! Yeah, but because it's part spider and, and it's creepy. Uh, they well, yeah, have it's, it's much
0: creepier if it's small.
1: Uh, they have bloats, which are basically boomers from Left 4 Dead, uh, giant guys who puke acidic slime on you that burns you, makes you unable to see, and attracts other zombies to you. Uh, they have... Uh, I, can't, I don't know the name of everything, but they have ones that go invisible, <clears throat> and you can only see them by a slight shimmer, and occasionally they'll turn red until you shoot them. Um, there are... The oh the the really bad ones, uh, there's a there's one that shoots a fire blast at you because they have, uh like I don't know kerosene or some for ex- uh, burning substance in their blood and they fire like explosive fire rounds at you, then you get to oh the uh, then you get to the really bad ones you get the uh, you get the flesh pounds. Which are giant raging hulks, which are basically tanks, and they have instead of like hands, giant meat grinders that they beat you with. Uh, and then you have these Scrakes, which are giant muscular guys with chainsaws for arms. Okay. Uh, it's actually a very well done and well balanced game as far as like, because it has different classes. So you're also different classes in this. Like, they have uh, guns. So that's the big
0: thing I think that Left for Dead missed. Yeah, like that, specializations. I mean, I get why they didn't, because the focus was on the infected, and it was something that really hadn't been done very, mo- very much or very well previously. Yeah,
1: and, you wanted, and they wanted to make sure that uh, because it was supposed to be played with multiple people that you always had a balanced team. Yeah. So they didn't want to create inconsistencies. But in this, you can play with a bunch of people. And so they have different classes, like they have the medic, the support, the, uh, I play the gunslinger. The support
0: being more of somebody who can, like, what,
1: uh, how are they different from the medic? uh, The medic has a healing gun, the support, uh, specializes in, like, SMGs and, like, light weapons, and, uh, gives you armor. Like, you can run up to them and get free armor. Uh, demolitionists, you can run up and get free guns. Uh, no, support gives you free ammo. and just that like, makes a lot of sense. Like different different uh, perks like this that depend on your class. Demolitionists are better with explosives. Um, there's one that focuses on melee weapons. Uh, cool. And it's a lot of fun. So that's what you've been spending a lot of your on. It's also long.
0: super fucking creepy. Yeah. Like,
1: do, uh, 18 plus warning. Do not play that game if you're a kid. It's not good. Lots of blood, lots of gore. Very creepy. Uh, don't do it. Right now, it may still be, or but it at least was last time I played, uh, in its Christmas mode. So like everything has a Christmas skin. Like the uh, the blade guys are giant gingerbread men with candy canes <laughs> coming out of their arms. Um, the gorefasts, uh, th- those are the gore fiends. Uh, the Scrake has a giant uh, reindeer head and a Santa hat. Uh, the flesh pounds are giant nutcrackers. And things like that. So it, it's a lot of fun. The the fire blasts, the pyros are uh, snowmen, ironically. Wow. It's a lot of fun. But, like, it's a good game, and I've been having a ton of fun with it. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I... Um, since you just helped me rebuild my computer and get it up and running, I, I still don't feel comfortable doing a lot of gaming on it, just because it's so... <sighs> the computer's, like, 10 years old, man. Or maybe not quite that far, but it's my My computer has... Uh,
1: been having some issues recently which is unfortunate but i've been looking to upgrade mine so i may have some parts for you
0: <laughs> we'll see <laughs> but yeah i just uh i did just download league and i played a little bit last night and um
1: i don't play a lot of graphically intensive stuff myself i'm just i'm
0: not uh i'm not as good as i used to be i noticed it's just there's a it's, lot a, of it's skill. a different game there's it's a, a lot, lot of skill game. involved yeah like that you lose over time like they gotta be practiced. I mean, skills. That's just it. Skills have to be practiced, or else you're not gonna, you're not gonna get very far. I mean, I wish yeah. I could say it was like riding a bike, um, and in some ways it was. Yeah, you. But got- also, my mouse is kind of shit.
1: Yeah. So I have to deal
0: with that too. Like it doesn't, it doesn't move the screen the way I want it to, and it's there's a lot to get used to. Plus, they do runes very differently than they yeah, used to do. Yeah,
1: they they revamped a bunch of stuff. Mm.
0: Uh, it's it takes a while to get used to, but it's not too bad. Yeah, I got a choice to make here. Like I can either. Um, get back into Exist it. Invest the time yeah. and really get into it where I can, you know, not, and then not. And knot. then walk away. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't really know which direction I'm going to take that in, but that's really cool. So, is there any anything else that you're, uh, that you're messing around with besides that? Uh, well, I've been I've been getting back into um,
1: doing some bookbinding. Uh, I, I do bookbinding as a very passive hobby. One of my many eclectic skills. For those of you who don't know, I am... I'm basically the living embodiment of a bard. Okay. I am, I'm a jack-of-all-trades uh, who goes into anything they want at any point in time. And I also basically can break out into song and dance at any point in time. <laughs> uh, the, the joke is I am a, a, a dwarf paladin bard.
0: Who, said, who told you that? Uh, various people. Okay. A dwarf... Paladin, Bard. Yep. Oh my God. I really would love to take a serious look sometime with a group of friends who we've played D&D with frequently, but also know in real life, and just play characters that we all design for each other. But then oh, it'll yeah. be our interpretations of how, how those the characters other person. Work. Yeah. And That'll like be a lot of fun. But the the idea, like we would have to set some pretty strong rules and criteria. This is. Uh, who we all believe you would be if we were in a fantasy world. This is and, the class that most closely matches your personality and, and your... And restricted by, you know, stats.
1: Like, for something like that, I would likely stick with a point-by system. I know you're not a big fan, but just to be sure that That's everyone... That's uh, But just to be sure that everyone has the same amount of points to start with, that way, you know, you have to make decisions. Like, I may think you are actually smarter than this... But I only have so many points, so I'm going to make the most you character I can with these restrictions. I think it would make things much more balanced.
0: Well, nobody likes balance, and uh, also do like balance. you were certainly born with a higher strength score than I was. Yes, and I was certainly born with a higher strength score than whatever emaciated motherfuckers you're walking around with. <laughs> so, besides me, um, based on our previous conversations. <laughs> yeah, but but the idea is
1: that uh, like most. If you're playing a character in DD, if you're playing an adventurer, you are going to at least be normal. And probably better than normal. Uh, like, all tens? Eights are normal. A normal human has all eights, a couple tens.
0: At best. In the DD world. I would say that in certain stats, they probably even have less thans. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, given age and things like that. But, like,
1: you. If you weren't better. You wouldn't go adventuring, because right. adventuring is dangerous. Right. But you know, seven silver piece a week is your income. Right. <laughs> That's not much. Right. Uh, so yeah, like. The, Until I, you
0: hit a good treasure trove some sort.
1: Yeah, but like, if I were to do something like that, I might not bot, I might not use the exact like standard array in the DM in the PHB or DMG, but I would have some like centralized system, like here are the stats you have, you can like trade points off to get more points and other things if you want, but here's the start and then work from this. Could be fun. I think it could be. I think it'd be a blast. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I've I've actually played D twenty modern with a couple of people where I was playing myself. Like the DM designed me as best he
0: that would also be fun i think to have it done but that's also risky like you can't have anybody anybody who's a pc in a game like that a player character who doesn't have thick skin because they're, they're playing a character that is developed from the perception that they've given off and some people don't agree with the way that other people perceive them
1: i mean that's absolutely fair but i also understand that i give off a persona and my personal perception of my persona isn't necessarily or even true. Your,
0: your intention.
1: Yeah, it might the, to, it, it might yeah. not be my intention that comes off. It might not be how I perceive myself or my intention that comes off. It, one, I think it's a good experiment to to do if you are if you are capable of doing so. Uh, yes, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying it's just something that not, I don't suggest for everyone. I don't suggest for like casual groups necessarily. Although in casual groups it can be kind of fun because you're like oh this person doesn't know me particularly well, this is just their, like, quick idea, so there's
0: less investment
1: in it. Yeah. Whereas, um,
0: if a friend that you've known for years and years and years creates something that you're just like, do you even know me?
1: What? what? Why do I have a six
0: intelligence?
1: but <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm smart, damn
0: it.
1: <laughs> you know, like, there, there definitely are those
0: issues, but I, I it can be a lot of fun. It's a good lesson for life. You have to be ready to. Pre- you have to prepare yourself to accept the perception that another person has of you, and then internalize that and try to make yourself better for the next time. Uh, and I think on that note, um, we're going to bring episode two to a close. I want to thank you guys so much for spending the time just listening to Colby and I talk to each other and ramble uh, in my office in the house. So until next time, I am Jeremy, and I'm Colby, and we will talk to you later.